While we're all still trying to digest the events of the Middle East this weekend, and certainly hoping for the quickest, least costly resolution, we're already seeing spillovers in our neck of the woods, the money, the finance, economy sort of thing. Obviously, oil prices are going to react, and they have so far this week, even though today is a holiday in the United States, Columbus Day and all of that. But while oil prices rise for geopolitical rather than supply reasons, it threatens an already fragile situation in collateral. More warning signs coming from key collateral indications too. So let's start with oil prices. Oil prices are up rather substantially as fears that what's going on with Israel might spill over farther and wider, therefore eventually interrupt the supply of crude given the fragile situation in crude. Thin inventories, lack of supply, constraints that exist already. That's another pain that the global system just cannot afford. So oil prices that had dropped down to around $82 a barrel in the United States today were up as high as $87.24, though they've backed off a little bit in the short run as I'm recording this right now. Oil WTI is $85.94. Maybe more importantly, the backwardation of the WTI futures curve, which had shrunk considerably in last week's demand-driven sell-off. Backwardation is back steeper again. The one-month spread is currently $1.71. That had been $1.51 on Friday, so an expansion of $0.20 cents at the very front. The three-month spread, more importantly, that's up to $4.63, which is, I mean, it was already steep last week at $4.15. It was $4.07 on Friday, so you're seeing about 50-some-odd cents increase in backwardation there. So again, not good as far as oil prices go because... Supply-demand situation, although demand is becoming more favorable for lower prices, now we have another threat, potential threat to supply, which only means more threats to the global economic system, but also maybe more immediately the monetary constraints that go along with in this situation, which is too much like last year and last fall, an energy crisis potential and how that could play out in collateral. But how does it play out in collateral? I've talked about Japanese bills, some spreads, some bond spreads and things like that. What we're going to talk about today is how oil prices really make this massive, potentially massive impact on the global monetary system, which then compounds issues beyond strictly having to pay higher prices for oil because they've got lower currencies to do it in too. But before we get to all that, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. Eurodollar University has memberships and subscriptions available, including something I call the Daily Briefing. Quite creative title, don't you think? Every day I brief you on the day's most important macroeconomic developments, as well as what's going on, the most important thing, the most, the most striking aspect of the monetary system, usually something to do with curves, maybe commodities, money, dollars, all that kind of thing. Every day for you in a daily briefing, wrapped up in a nice, neat little package, macro and money daily briefing. That's available now at the Eurodollar University website too, either as a standalone product or in a bundle. Check it out at our website, eurodollar.university. The simplest way to think about this is pretty simple, and that is higher oil prices mean you're going to have to pay more dollars to acquire the same amount of oil because most oil is priced in U.S. dollars. And most of those dollars come from 
not the U.S. government or the Federal Reserve. They come from the Eurodollar system. And a Eurodollar system that is already on edge, that has already demonstrated uh, serious, serious risk-averse um, characteristics, that's going to be one where higher oil prices are going to make dollar providers even more cautious, which means they're going to have to charge higher premiums in order to provide dollars so that you can get those dollars to pay higher oil costs. Not just oil, some other, some other spillover effects too. But let's focus today strictly on oil. So as oil goes up like it did in 2022, like it was doing in September of 2023, oil goes up, that means more funding costs, means euro dollar providers become more risk averse, which makes everything that much more difficult. But as that's the case, just as sort of a general overview, what about specifically collateral? That's really where we want to talk about and focus to begin with. And the collateral markets outside the United States, what we call the euro bond market, that's already been in a bit of a pickle so far this year to begin with. Even before we get to the oil and energy sp price spike in September of 2023, euro bonds were already in trouble, especially sovereign and junk issuers. So you need dollars to do a whole bunch of things and governments will often raise dollars by issuing bonds offshore which means not only outside of their own country, pretty much outside of every country. And some of these haven places like the Cayman Islands or Liechtenstein or wherever the place, you know, Singapore, various places around the world, these offshore markets. And so you raise dollars in these offshore markets by issuing bonds, but not always directly to maybe wealthy individuals. Sometimes you might issue bonds for other reasons and for other purposes and to use them in other ways, which we'll get to in just a moment. We'll see how this goes in collateral. But before we get to the how it works, let's talk about where things are in the euro bond market right now, because there was an article in Bloomberg that came out today that really put some numbers on the increasingly troubling situation, especially for some of the weaker emerging market euro bond issuers. They mentioned uh, Pakistan, which I think is an, an a, which should be for obvious reasons. Egypt is these seen their eurobond spreads blow out. Argentina, another one for various reasons. But the theme that you get among a lot of these eurobond issuers, these sovereign issuers, is higher oil prices are really going to hurt. Think about Pakistan for a moment. Pakistan's biggest problem is coming up with dollars to import food and import energy, which they have to do. And the higher these spreads go, the more costly it is to not just issue euro bonds by the Pakistan government, but just acquire dollars in any way, shape, or form. And as the uh, Euro, uh, the Bloomberg article said, um, high yield risk premiums have gotten up to be about an average of 828 basis points over Treasury. So it's not just that Treasury yields are rising, that Eurobond rates are rising. The spread over Treasuries, as both are rising, means risk component. The Eurodollar system, the Eurobond system, Eurobond buyers are saying, we're seeing too many risks in order to lend you any funds. In, in, order, in, in a situation where you see lots of risk, that means you need a lot more of a return. A lot more of a return become, makes it more costly to do so, makes it more costly for the issuer to issue these bonds. And as that's been the case in especially the second half of this year, just like the second half of last year, 
the Eurobond market itself starts to dry up, especially for the lower quality issuers, which becomes the problem that we're going to talk about next. Among junk-rated sovereigns, only Guatemala, Uzbekistan, Trinidad and Tobago, and the Emirate of Sharjah and the UAE could sell euro or dollar-denominated bonds in the second half of this year, raising a pitiful total of $2.4 billion, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. The latter half of last year also saw almost no issuance, again, energy crisis, compared with $16.4 billion in the second half of 2021. So the euro bond market has dried up considerably for the riskiest issuers. And what that means is not only are they issuing fewer bonds and being able to tap that part of the market for funding, maybe more importantly, that means the euro bond market itself is becoming illiquid and undependable or not dependable. Undependable? Yeah, undependable. We'll call it that. And as the euro bond market becomes more undependable, Collateral providers are going to look at these undependable bonds and say, I don't like them either, because that's where a lot of these euro bonds get used. It's not just that a government, say, in Argentina, because they mentioned Argentina in the article, and Argentina, for pretty obvious reasons, is suffering more problems yet again, despite the fact that Argentina is setting on massive amounts of energy reserves, they also import a lot of refined oil products, so again, need dollars. And so Argentina, the government of Argentina doesn't just go out into the eurobond market and find some wealthy individuals and sell them bonds. A lot of times what happens, especially when you get in these situations where the eurobond market is incredibly illiquid and unfriendly, it's undependable. What happens is instead what they would do, what the government of Argentina might do is issue a eurobond that a local bank who chooses to buy the bond on, on behalf of the Argentinian government. So the Argentinian government issues a dollar-denominated bond and sells it to the local Argentinian bank. Now, where does the Argentinian bank come up with the dollars to pay for this euro bond? Well, they take that euro bond, which is it's it's theoretically uh, an instrument that the, that could be sold in the euro bond market. They take this euro bond and pledge it to say a dealer bank, who then uses that as collateral to borrow a. U.S. Treasury likely from an insurance company, a pension fund, or some, maybe even a reserve manager around the world who's looking for a little bit of extra return and doesn't mind le uh, lending out their treasuries to dealers who promise to give them back whenever they, whenever they need to or whenever it, it, it's best for both parties to do so. So dealers acquire these treasuries and then they relend them back to this bank in Argentina, getting in return this euro bond as collateral. And they'll take the euro bond as collateral because push comes to shove, it's a dollar denominated bond. It would be sellable in the euro bond market. And then the bank in Argentina that already bought the euro bond from the Argentinian government, they take the treasuries that they now have in their possession and they use those as collateral in the euro dollar repo market. So they fund this entire transaction using borrowed treasuries with the euro bond that they post as collateral in a collateral for collateral swap. And everything is fine, except there's a haircuts involved and the bank, of, the bank in Argentina has to come up with dollars to fund the haircut. But just in a very simple example, the vast majority of this transaction that they then lend the dollars to the Argentinian government comes from repo. And it comes from the ability of this bank in Argentina to swap this euro bond for U.S. treasuries all through the good graces of the dealer who's doing the swapping and the dealer who's taking the euro bond as collateral and thinking, I'll take this at whatever haircut. So back to our 
original premise here is oil prices rise and the demand to borrow dollars goes up because you have to fund your energy and food costs and other, other costs in U.S. dollars. Maybe you look at that euro bond as a dealer. You look at that and think, well, not only is the credit profile of Argentina becoming more questionable, the market for that euro bond, as well as other euro bonds in the same class, is becoming more and more undependable. And as that market becomes more and more undependable, you get nervous holding this Argentinian euro bond as collateral for the collateral swap that you gave in U.S. treasuries. Maybe you hold on to the euro bond because... If there's a problem with the collateral for collateral swap, you can find treasuries from some other place. But if there's also an issue in the treasury market where other dealers aren't, aren't relending treasuries at the same rate they had before, you look at all of these factors and you look at this euro bond and say, take it back. I don't want it. Or what you say is, I need a different haircut. I need more collateral. I need more good collateral. I mean, I need something else to protect myself in case this thing starts to go in the wrong direction. So it places enormous collateral pressure on the Argentinian bank who is then who is in on the hook essentially for having to fund this euro bond through the repo market. As the dealers become more risk averse, the collateral becomes much more difficult to use. It leads us into the situation where you get all of these types of collateral strains that can lead to monetary problems that we see in one way as the dollar going up in exchange value, the value of the currency going down, which is really, again, just a symptom of everything that we're talking about here. The euro dollar market is basically saying, I need a higher return potential in order to provide you US dollars that you're going to need a lot more of in order to pay for these higher energy prices. And so we've talked about some of these, not just the emerging markets, but some of the developed world problems Japan, Italy, and Europe in some recent videos because when oil prices were going up for supply reasons before last week, we had seen some of these collateral indications start to flash some serious warning. Specifically with Japan, Japan government bills, uh, the three-month bill actually backed off a little bit last week during the oil price sell-off. So that's suggesting, hey, there is an oil price, price relationship with our collateral indication here. On Friday, Friday morning Eastern time, I think it was Friday morning Tokyo time too, but early, early Friday morning uh, in New York time, the Japanese government issued three-month bills that came in with an average price of just minus 0.2177%, which was less than the minus 30, 30 basis points that it had been during the energy price re-escalation, let's call it. So energy oil prices were going up, Japanese bill yields were going down. That backed off last week when oil prices came back down through the sell-off. Um, but as of today in thinly traded markets, so this market price isn't all that dependable, but the, the indication today is that the Japanese government bill is right back down to around minus 28.5 basis points. So near the lows from earlier last week before the sell-off. So there does seem to be a short-run relationship with oil prices in terms of Japanese government bills that are used in collateral for acquiring dollars for all the reasons that we just talked about here. Another one, maybe the biggest one of all, emerging markets are already strained. They're, they're going to be a problem, likely going to be a problem moving forward. But Italy, 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 Italian government bond spreads have jumped again. 
Even though Italian government bond yields are actually falling today, along with German government yields, because there's a bit of a safety bid, German yields are falling faster than Italian yields have. So that means that the spread between Italy and Germany has increased, even though yields are falling in, in terms of you know safety bid. So as oil prices have rebounded and gone back higher today, the spread the Italy 10-year to the German 10-year, which had been 203.1 basis points on Friday, is now late today, uh, re more recent trading, 207.1 basis points, which is the highest in quite some time. So we're seeing an increase in the spread between Italy and Germany, which causes problems, as I talked about in a recent video, for not just collateral and euro-denominated terms, certainly not just for Italy, but it, it ripples all across the euro-dollar system because it leads to collateral issues, shortening of, treasure, of, of collateral for collateral swaps, a, and a decrease in the amount of relending in U.S. treasuries, all that good stuff, all that actually bad stuff. As the emerging market part of it becomes more undependable, we've got the Italian-German part becoming more, even more undependable too. It leads to a collateral squeeze. And we're seeing indications of it that are tied closely or appear to be tied closely to changes in the oil market. So just to wrap it up here, we've got oil prices now rising for geopolitical reasons, which are the worst possible reasons, as well as spill direct spillover of impacts on you know actual economy which makes dealers already somewhat risk averse even though they're on top of the fact that they began on a very risk risk averse position anyway so that means that some of the emerging market emerging euro bond issuers they're going to have a bigger more problems trying to fund in us dollars that they need to pay for higher oil prices as well as developed economies are going to have the same issues too because we're seeing spreads rise for Italy, Germany. We're seeing the falling Japanese government bills. All of it telling us strain in collateral in the monetary system that it does appear to be related to the price of oil. If you want to go back and revisit that video I did just a week ago on the Italian spreads and what those mean as far as collateral, check out it's at the link below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University subscribers, all our Eurodollar University members, some of whom you seem over here. And until next time, take care.